you're active on social media, you've likely come across the advocate, Katie Dodderer. She's a third and first generation dairy farmer from Pennsylvania and is a high energy advocate for the dairy industry. But there's a lot more to Katie than what you see on Facebook and Instagram. A lot more. Welcome to the Young Farmer Podcast. I'm Chris Torres, your host. I had some time recently to chat with Katie about what drives her to be an avid advocate for the dairy industry, how how farmers can use their energies to be better advocates, and how being on social media has helped her through some of her darkest times. A little bit of background on Katie. She grew up on a dairy farm in Mill Hall, Pennsylvania that has 1,000 dairy cows and 3,000 acres of cropland. She helped to start Cow Comfort Dairy 12 years ago, an operation that became well-known for its award-winning Jersey Herd and ice cream, and she left that dairy last June. She's also a Spanish instructor and teaches an eight-week online Spanish course that you can access on her website, theadvocate.com. You'll see a link to her website and course in the episode description. But now let's get to our conversation, and I started the talk by asking Katie how in the world she came to be the advocate. So Katie, what inspired you to become the advocate? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always been an advocate for agriculture. Um, and goodness, I've been doing that for years, but I, I had to change the name. So I have rebranded uh, because I, I was advocating under the farm name, Cow Comfort in Dairy. And so I did go through a divorce of last year. And so I was like, when I was thinking about a name, um, I'm very fortunate to have the name. I mean, I go by Catherine, Katie, or Kate. And I just put Ag- Advocate and Kate together to form Advocate. And I thought it was pretty perfect because that also would allow me to also advocate for other things than just agriculture because I, I have a... I have a lot of passion for, for other things as well as um, agriculture. So I've been advocating for, for a long time, but the inspiration be- behind or I guess why I wanted to be an advocate, I can't pinpoint the exact scenario, but I just remember years ago when I first learned how much the public really does not know, does not understand American agriculture, does not understand where their food comes from, you know, as farmers are less than 2% of the population. And while that's very, like a, a very proud thing to say, you know, we're less than 2%, but we can still produce all this food for everybody. It's still scary because you have that 98% of people that do not understand where their food is coming from. And so I've always taken that into account. And so I, I always think that I'm a really, it's a cool hybrid. Like my, my dad has always been a dairy farmer and my mom, uh, was always a teacher. She actually just retired a couple years ago. And mm-hmm. so I feel like I'm a hybrid of both of them where I love to educate and engage with people. And so that comes from my mom's side and then the farming side, obviously, from from my father. So that's where it came about. And I just, like I said, I've always, any opportunity that comes my way to talk to the public about where their food comes from, sign me up because mm-hmm. I know how important it is. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it is interesting. Um, you know, I do follow you on Instagram, um, and I'm sure you have you have thousands of followers on Instagram and probably the other social channels. You know, it's interesting that you're so very open about sharing your professional and personal stories on social media. Sharing all your personal, all your professional story. You know, how, how has that benefited you on a professional level? Sharing the personal stories. Sharing your stories, period. I mean, just just through your social media, how has that benefited you on a professional level? Um, 
I definitely, so when people, I've actually had people like, oh my goodness, you've, you've been such an inspiration, which is very, very humbling. And I, it's a little uncomfortable at times because I just feel like I'm just, you know, out there trying to, to advocate where and when I can. But professionally, I have been afforded some amazing opportunities. You have mentioned some of them already with, you know, being on um, news channels and, you know, Good Morning America, things like that. And then also I'm starting to get more, my public speaking um, that was taken off before the pandemic hit. And I actually have a, a keynote address uh, lined up for March. So I guess what I'm saying is professionally, it has helped me, you know, get into other avenues and really, I mean, it's more opportunities to get that word out, which is, which is awesome. And it's also professionally, I think helped me. Um, I, I was teaching in the public school for the last, I don't know, four or five years and I like it and I, I love the students and I had amazing colleagues, but I think it also helped me take that jump too to finally resign. And I'm, I'm now self-employed and I, um, what I do for a living has come out of those opportunities and has come out of what I have shared on social media. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you know, um, you've also been very, very candid about a lot of your personal issues, about a lot of your personal struggles. Um, you know, how, how has sharing your, your personal, um, some of your personal, um, stories and all that sort of thing, how has that benefited you on a personal level? It's benefited, I don't even want to say just me, but others. And that's why I chose to, to share some of the personal struggles and I don't share all of them. You know, I don't, I don't want to air my dirty laundry on social, but for example, um, I did making a, a divorce announcement when I was going through that this last year. And I know I didn't need to do that. I had a lot of people that are like, Oh, you don't need to tell people. And I'm like, actually, I feel like I do. Um, and that was because one, I was getting, so I was the main communicator, the, the go-to person at Cal Comfort Inn. So I was getting, and so this was last spring, I was getting messages about a farm tour. Hey, can we bring our class out? Can you do a virtual farm tour? Um, I had also had an ice cream business. So people were asking about that and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't, you know, a divorce is, um, is draining enough and it, it is, it's a lot to go through. And so I just was like, people need to know that I'm no longer at Cal Comfort and Dairy. And I had moved out actually last January and I didn't tell a lot of people. I had actually kept that under wraps until I decided I, I went to make that announcement so many times on social media and I just couldn't do it. And when I finally did it, I will never forget this as long as I live. So I made it. It was in May. I did it on Instagram. I didn't do the Facebook one until June. And I, I waited until the divorce was final in June. But I just, people needed to know because I was getting all of these, these inquiries about farm tours and ice cream and all that. And so I took the time to carefully craft that post. And the amount of messages that I got from people, whether it was a direct message a text message, um, a comment on that post. I remember crying myself to sleep that night because I was so overwhelmed by the love of people. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I tell you this because when you put your struggles out there, other people are like, oh my gosh, she's going through this. I went through this or I had no idea or, you know, and I kind of blame it on the way we kind of depict the image of agriculture of like, and I think a lot of people, that aren't, aren't in agriculture have this romanticized view of ag, right? So we have these perfect families and we all stay together all the time and we're happy all the time. And, you know, um, 
it's just this, this idyllic lifestyle that people have in their heads, which in some aspects, yeah, there, there's, there's great to have, you know, acres upon acres of open farmland and cows and whatnot. But when I posted that, I can't tell you how many people I didn't, I didn't realize had gone through a divorce. Mm -hmm. And so to have these people reach out and say, Hey, Katie, if you need anything, let me know. I've been through this. Um, and just inspiring messages. And I just, Oh my word. I was, (laughs) I was just so overwhelmed and all summer complete strangers that I have never met before in my life reached out weekly or monthly and just said, Hey Katie, just thinking of you praying for you, just making sure you're okay. And that that's why I share those things because, and actually if I can share just what just happened last week, I was volunteering. I was volunteering at the Pennsylvania farm show and I'm just standing there, minding my own business. I'm there to like educate the, the, you know, the public about, I was at the birthing center Sure. and this woman walks up to me. She goes, Oh my gosh, you're advocate. I was like, Oh, hi. She was like, no, I follow you. She's like, Oh my gosh, you can't believe you're in person. And she's like, Oh, and like she, it was, it was kind of funny because she was treating me like a celebrity, which is weird. <laughs> but <laughs> she, the, the next thing out of her mouth though was I have been praying for you ever since you posted that. And I just like, I just started like just the tears were coming and I'm just like, I don't even know this girl. And so she shared her story with me and she had been through a divorce and in an abusive relationship and um, how she finally, she found happiness. And she goes, you know, seeing you happy and seeing you go through that process and you share your struggles, but also the triumphs of that. She said, that's what got me through mine. And I'm like, Oh my word. Like this is, this is crazy. And so that, cause there, there's been times where I'm like, okay, well, do I, this is on my heart. I really want to post this. But then I don't because I'm like, oh, it's too much or, um, you know, I just, but oh my word, that just happened last week and I, it still gives me chills. Sure. So to answer your question, I I really think it's important to that put some personal stuff out there because it lets other people know that you're human, that you're just like them. Again, I feel like some people, especially non-ag people, put farmers on a pedestal and like we're just like this mythical creature and we're not. We go through divorces. We go through losses. And for people to be able to connect with you on some level, and, you know, that's always been a a thing about advocacy is you can't just go out there and be like, Hey, milk's good for you. And it's antibiotic free. You've got to find a common ground with, with people Mm -hmm. and okay. If it's divorce, all right, then, you know, let's talk about that. And then maybe that conversation morphs into, you know, what, how dairy cows are are cared for or whatnot, but Mm -hmm. it's been a, it's been an amazing journey. And, um, and the amount, I, I will say too, the amount of women that reached out to me that are in not very good situations, um, I've been praying for them ever since too. So it's it's a two-way street. And so I'm glad that I have chosen to to share the personal stuff. And like I said, I don't share all of it. I don't need to air my dirty laundry, but sure. um, I think it's important for people to know that we have similar struggles. Sure. And, and you know what? And, and I also see it as, and you can add to this if you'd like, but I also see it as, you know, just yet another example of, you know, people in the ag industry, male and female, coming out and being open about mental health yes. and about this whole, you know, it, over the past couple of years, you know, there has been this, I hate to say renaissance, but really it is. There has been really this awakening of, and maybe it's just a younger generation really just putting it out there, but not not only the younger generation, older generation as well. There's been an awakening of people who have really um, realized and have really come forward with their stories about 
mental health and all that sort of thing. And, and uh, social media has become, a, I think, a really good platform for that, for, for farmers to do it. Absolutely, because I think it's showing that, you know, again, there's a stigma, especially with the older generation of, you know, well, we're tough farmers. We don't cry. We don't show emotions. We don't do feelings. Um, but we're all human and we all have those. And one of my best friends is, is Jess Peters. And I know that you've interviewed her in the oh, yeah. past. And she she helped me through this. Uh, I mean, I had a great circle. of friends. I still have a great circle of friends that helped me through this. And her and I have had extensive conversations about the mental health part and that's the other thing i wasn't afraid to to put out there was i i went through therapy i had to you have to when you go through a a process like that and you know just real quick on the divorce front again it wasn't you know people people are like oh well it's you should be so glad that you don't you didn't have kids in the middle of it and it's like well i had 800 cows <laughs> like yeah. i had 800 cows i had two businesses i left my family farm for this like it's a lot to walk away from. And yeah. what a lot of people don't realize too, and I'm guilty of the next person for utilizing and putting out a, a highlight reel, if you will, for years. But for four years, I was I was living a, a living hell. And um, for that to finally come out. And so I remember posting about my, my therapy and actually putting out there, um, it was a really good discount that I could, that I was able to offer through that for others. So... Mm-hmm. If it helps another person, then then great. That's great. That's great. You know, social media really isn't for everyone, but it can be a good tool for someone trying to promote a business, even their own farm. Um, You've done it successfully. What do you see as the keys to really being successful in the social media space? Be yourself. Like I said earlier, when I was talking about dairy farms in, in Puerto Rico and whatever, every farm is different. Every farm has a different story. Tell yours. Yours is unique, whether you think it is or not. Um, just be you. Share. And I, I would, you don't have to, you know, post about a divorce or anything, but share some personal things, like things that you could, you can connect with other people. I will also say this um, to answer that question is you are going to get some hate. It's just, it's inevitable. Um, people are astounded when I say the first 50 death threats are the worst. Like once you get through those, you've, you've developed some pretty thick skin and people are like, Oh my gosh. I'm yeah. I've had people threaten to burn down my barn to come kill me in the middle of the night just because, and they were, a lot of them were vegan activists um, just because they didn't like what I was sharing. So you, you really have to have a thick skin when you do it. And honestly, when I get those anymore and they're few and far between right now because of the direction I've been taking my, my social channels, but when I get them now, I just roll my eyes because I'm like, okay, come at me, bro. Like, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't bother me, but definitely be yourself. You're going to get some hate, but you just have to pick your battles. And what people really, I think, need to remember is we're after the movable middle. Those people that are on the fence of, is dairy good? Is dairy bad? And whether it's dairy, swine, poultry, whatever you want to talk about, it's, you know, if they're on the movable middle, you're trying just to move them to, to the ag side where the truth is like, we know we, what we do and, and how we do it and why we do it. Um, so yeah, just have fun with it. And I can say it, it gets a little daunting. And so if you need a break, take it. I gave up a long time ago trying to follow the Dagon um, algorithm game because I don't have time for that. I don't yeah. have time. For that. Um, if that was what was really generating income for me, then yeah, I'd pay a little bit more attention to it, but it does help me promote things, but uh, 
really for me, I, I'm a very social person. If you can't tell, mm-hmm. and I, I can't love, tell that. <laughs> <laughs> I love the social aspect of it, and I will say the other thing. Um, so we we talk about personal, right? And it, this kind of goes in line too of advice to share. When I share my line dancing videos, I love to dance. People are like, "This is this is crazy." Like when I first started hosting it, they're like, "I didn't know you dance," and I'm like, "Oh, girl, listen, like I know how to dance." Um, that's also brought me some like really cool relationships with people. Um, and again, that brings them into like, I don't start out being like, Hey, dairy's good for you. You should, you should drink dairy. It's, you know, let's connect on, on something that we, we enjoy. So line dancing. And now I have this whole, like they're my second family down here in Gettysburg and we, we line dance every Wednesday. And, um, now it's like, Oh, Hey Katie, I heard this the other day. Is this true? Or is that not true? And so you just kind of have to let it happen organically and it can actually be really, really fun. And just if you're into building relationships, I say, give it a go. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. What does the future hold for you? I mean, are you, are you, are you going to buy a farm? I mean, what, what, what does the future hold for you right now? <laughs> have you gone back to the family farm? So that's a good question. Um, I have no idea what the future holds. I have learned through this whole process to live more in the moment and not in the past and not in the future. It is, it's hard. I don't live in the past anymore. What the past is the past. And even though the last four years were unbelievable, they have, they have made me who I am today on January 20th. Um, so I can't go back to the family farm and I've actually, this needs to, this is a post that it's, it's, I've started creating it in my head because I get this question a lot and when I say I'm not allowed to go back to the family farm, you have to know that my family is very, um, they're very structured in how they run the business. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people, when they think about farms, you know, they think about the farming aspect where we need to remember that farms are businesses first. And so my family has always had a succession and a transition plan in place for as long as I can remember. So when my life started falling apart four years ago, I had went to Florida because palm trees. <laughs> yeah, I just I had to get away for a little bit. And I remember I didn't tell anybody but my sister. And well, my father found out. And my dad and I are pretty close. And so he called me and he was like, he gave me the fifth degree. He's like, why are you in Florida? You have a farm, blah, blah, blah. And I was, I told him what had happened. And he got really quiet and he said, Well, what are you gonna do? And I said, I don't know, Dad. Like, can I come home? And he said, well, I'm going to have to run it by the family. They're going to have to vote on it. Now, when I tell that to people, they're like, what? Your family had to vote on this? Yeah. Like, just hear me out. Hear me out. So they, my family meets, they have a family meeting. Again, they're third generation. There's, there's a lot of people there at play. Um, they had a meeting that next day and dad called me back and he said, um, the family voted that you nor your cousin, Jen, so we're the only two of the third generation off the farm. We can't come back. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, at first I was upset. Of course I was upset for like, at that point, I just, I felt like I had nobody. I was alone and now my own family didn't want me, but you know, it, I was probably upset for maybe 48 hours, but I was raised us kids were raised to know that a dairy farm is a business first. And the whole reason, I mean, if you look at the structure of my family farm, you have two, um, you have my brother and sister on one side, and then you have my cousins on the other side. So that's equal. And then you have um, Kevin, who is the non-family member, but he's kind of like the tiebreaker, if you will. Mm -hmm. 
So it's actually the, the setup is is perfect. And for me to go back would upset the apple cart, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be the same if Jen went back. So I had to suck that up because, you know, and people to this day, they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that. And I said, like, I, I understand it, though. I understand it's a business first. Right. Um, so right now, there is no opportunity for me to go home. I do go visit. I love my family. I'm very close with them. Um, my siblings and I are very, very close. And so I go home kind of often. I mean, it's a two and a half hour drive for me right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We, we, my brother and I have, I feel like the entrepreneurial uh, mindset. And so we're always brainstorming about like maybe what we could do together or whatever. But that's, that's, I don't know where that's going. But as far as what I'm doing, <laughs> my Spanish classes have really taken off and I am just so excited about it. This is actually, I just started my winter session on Tuesday. It's an eight week course, all online. And my students are from California, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Idaho, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they're recorded though, because I understand not everybody can make them live. So it's eight weeks. You learn the basics of Spanish. I do a, a beginner's course, an intermediate course. And I'm just so excited. This is my biggest class of 53. I actually, I used to cap it at 40, but I was like, wow. no, I can, I can, I can do more. <laughs> Um, so that's been doing really well. And I just get so excited because it's that many people that want to learn Spanish. Mm -hmm. Like we need to bridge this communication gap. So in addition to that, I'm also working on my next project, which is offering English classes. Um, they'll be all online and they're going to be in like module format so that farms can go in and I'm hoping the farms will be, um, open to helping their Hispanic workforce learn English. Because when I, every time I promote my Spanish classes online, I always get somebody from the Hispanic community, like Katie, can you please offer English classes? I would take them. Mm -hmm. So I am working on that. Um, I've got some really cool public speaking gigs coming up. um, And I also do freelance on the side and honest. And like, so that freelance stuff is translating, it's interpreting, um, it's advocating, which is really cool. And I can set my own price. Um, Cause right. And I've, my parents are going to flip if they hear this. I've probably turned down like six job offers in the last six months. Oh, they're going to hear this. They're going to be, <laughs> they're going to be I calling you to be like, Hey, what are you doing? Well, my, my father had told me once when I quit my teaching job, I mean, when you teach in the public schools, the, the pay isn't that great, but yeah. the benefits are pretty stellar. Sure. Um, and I, I do, I miss my high school students. I, I love them. Um, but it just wasn't, I just, I remember grading papers last spring and I'm like, there's gotta be more to life than this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, I quit and, uh, my dad, I remember I was up, I was up visiting. And the cool thing about teaching these online Spanish classes is I can teach from anywhere. So mom had gotten me a, a whiteboard for her house. So I was teaching. And before that though, before I taught that night, my father, I told him that I had resigned and he said, I think you should get a real job. <laughs> So I taught that night and he was there and I went out to the kitchen afterwards and I was joking around with him. I said, so dad, did you learn any Spanish? He's like, no. And I said, by the way, that was my real job. And he just kind of looked at me and I'm just, you know, I think for the older generation too, to understand that um, to make a living these days doesn't have to be a nine to five job. Right. And if I were to ever, and I'm not saying I would, I would never work for anybody because I, I, I love working with others. Mm-hmm. But flexibility has got to be part of the package anymore for me because I want to be able to work anywhere I want to. Um, And so being self-employed right now, I'm not making a killing 
And that's, that's fine with me because as long as I can pay my rent, feed myself and go dancing every week. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I love to travel. So I always have like the little travel fund that I, I save up for. Um, I'm, I think I'm doing okay. So I don't know where my life is going to go. I, um, I'm just taking every opportunity as it comes. And, uh, I pray a lot, you know, I just, I really can't stress enough how I'm really trying to live more in today than yesterday or tomorrow. Well, Katie, thanks a lot. Um, this has been a wonderful conversation and, uh, and yeah, um, enjoy your view of the Gettysburg battlefield. Um, it's a great town and, uh, thanks for joining me again. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Many thanks to Katie for being my guest this week. If you would like to learn more about her speaking engagements or are interested in enrolling in her eight-week Spanish course, go to her website, advocate.com. A link is in the episode details. That's a wrap for this week. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>